welcome to The Changemakers, the podcast from Seven Hills where we delve into the lessons from life in the lockdown, from those who are living it, learning from it, and leading organisations through it. Now, my guest today is Wayne Hemingway, and he famously founded Red or Dead with his then wife-to-be, Geraldine, in a move that, and I quote, shook the fashion industry to its core. And it even inspired his daughter to describe him as cool in a recent Sunday Times interview. Well, today, this cool cat sits at the helm of Hemingway Design and is working on a new initiative, the Good Business Festival, taking place in Liverpool later this year. In introducing Wayne, I can tell you that music is a metaphor that matters to him. Whether as a young child dressed as Elvis on Morecambe Pier, an epic record collection, or a stint on Celebrity Mastermind with a specialist subject of disco. So Wayne, if music and fashion were always the passion, name that tune. Yeah, well, that... I've still got a sore point about Celebrity Mastermind and I wish you hadn't brought that up because I came second in that series, the second highest score. And the guy who won it um, did The Life and Times of Michael Atherton. And there's only ever been one book about Michael Atherton and yet the subject matter of disco is way, way bigger than the subject matter of no matter how good he was as a Lancashire and England opening batsman and a very good commentator, you know, the life is fairly narrow. It's very, very narrow. It's so very narrow but, you've started but saw, this up on a very bad theme, actually. But, but I saw you sidestep my homage to Barry Manilow there and introducing yeah. you. Which, well, you know, I, I thought music and of, fashion, your passion. Yeah, and one, and one of my favourite tracks um, of all time is a, is that song. But done, he's got he, he did a, a Spanish version called El Copa, uh, yes. and, and it's so good and. You know, even though it's Barry Manilow and there's a quite a bit of cheese in that, if you put El Copa on, even to a cool crowd, um, they'll dance to it. Yeah. Now, we've got an, an El Fresco interview going on here. So apologies to guests if you hear a little bit of, of wind or even the odd dog that's, that might be barking. But I think it's also part of the vibe, right? Music, outdoor, El Fresco life, all of that, I think, is part of this. And actually, when you're very kindly going to put together a Spotify playlist for, for listeners, because... One of the things I was reading about is your epic record collection. I mean, this really is a a, a, a love, a passion in life, is it not? Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think one of the one of the founding things in you know formative things in my life was you know, my mum always listened to music, and that was always a case. And I and I was given a lot of freedom uh, as a kid to to go out. And the, my first concert um, that I went to on my own. My mum had taken me to all the concerts like Slade and Sweet and she was into all that kind of stuff. And I was very young then, 10 or 11. But then I was 12. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 12. It was 1973. It might, yeah, 1973, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I went to see David Bowie on my own or with a, with an, an older mate at King George's Hall in Blackburn. And and to see this, you know, to be able to see the Aladdin Sane tour as a, as a, a young teenager that, in a household that had been brought up with sewing machines going with music and fashion, um, and it just it, it, it was a turning point in my life and, and, and I remember it I remember that evening so much and the next day you know I went out and um, and had my hair fe- had a feather cut when I had hair and and you know went to a shop in Blackburn called uh, in the Arndale called Clobber to buy a big pair of yellow high-waisted Bowie trousers and my I remember my um, I, I, then I bought a, a, a tank top with Galen from Planet of the Apes on the front uh, emb- embroidered onto it and then that evening in the Blackburn Evening Telegraph, as it was as it was called then, they, there was a call to ban David Bowie from Blackburn because he, he'd, 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 he'd been on stage in what was looked like a white nappy. You know, he's this thin white duke in nothing but a, a pair of white undies. And I just thought, 
yes, I want to be banned. And and that kind of as a teenager, I was just I was just kind of a rebel, but not not a rebel that took drugs or was you know doing but just just going out all the time. And so these are the early formative thoughts, I guess, some years later would then inspire Red or Dead. I mean, was was music was music part of the vibe in terms of your thoughts on fashion when yeah, when, well, when Geraldine yeah. were creating it? So so we'd met in a disco in Angels in Burnley at, at a Northern Soul night. Um and I first spotted her on the dance floor as this amazingly dressed young woman. I think she how old was she then? Eighteen or nineteen. And um she'd made all her own clothes. And then we went down to London together, literally with, with no with no money. And the first thing the first thing that I that I did was form a band when I went to London. Uh, I'd always wanted to be in a band, and it was kind of a post punk funk punk band. And it, and it, as anybody knows who's ever been in a band, it, it costs money. And I I kind of stupidly at the time, but you're supposed to do that as a teenager. Took the money from the rent tin that was kept on our mantelpiece and spent it on a saxophone and rehearsal studios, and we had no money. And so Geraldine said right okay well you're you're gonna sell we have to get some money together so you're gonna sell your old punk clothes and your old second-hand clothes and i'll sell the clothes geraldine had always made clothes that, that was that was her thing she'd left school at 15 and, and she'd left school at 15 so she could buy fabric to to make clothes to go out and so she emptied her wardrobe i emptied my wardrobe onto camden market it was six the rent was six quid we took over that well six quid on a saturday six quid on the sunday we took 300 and odd quid that weekend. We learned so much about business. We'd, we'd come to London with 50 pounds each in our pockets and suddenly we had 300 quid and that was just by selling things out of our wardrobe. That was the first taste of being an entrepreneur. Tell us something about, one of the things I think a lot of people always want to know is tell us a bit more about the name Red or Dead in terms of actually how you came up with it, what you thought it was representing, what you want others to think when they think about it. Yeah, so the first logo kind of sums it up, really, and it, and it was a, a hammer and sickle, the the the, the, um, the, the Russian oh, Soviet Union, yeah, yeah, Soviet Union hammer and sickle with a across the front of it, um, a bow and arrow, and 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 a and a, and a kind of a a gazelle, and and basically, you know, I I've got a very unusual background, which all of a sudden I'm back in touch with my family after a long, long break. Which, which is I'm half in old money Native American Indian um, in modern terms uh, First Nation. So I'm yeah. I'm part of the Kawanaki tribe. My father uh, and it, it's crazy. But my father was heavyweight wrestling champion of the world called Billy Two Rivers, and um, uh, and so that we, we we put that into the logo. But also there was there was a, a big movement at the time when we started it. The Cold War between Russia and America was going on, and there was a, a lot of young people marching through cities saying better red than dead, which was a very provocative statement because it, mm. it, it, it was saying that, that you would prefer to, to side with the Russians than the Americans who were perceived by young people as being the aggressors and maybe who were going to cause, cause a, third world, a third world war. And so we were saying, stop the aggression, America, uh, better red than dead. So we, we took, that, we took that, slow, that kind of slogan um, and turned that into a, into a, a company, really. And did you feel that there was, was there a political statement behind the brand or was, or was that just a cool name to sort of work with? There was always a political statement behind and a, a societal statement behind Red or Dead. Everything, nearly everything that we did. We, we, you know, first of all, we were, we realised we wanted to be a designer label, but we also realised that we didn't want all the, the, the rubbish that went with that. We didn't want all the elitism, the one-upmanship. We wanted to be... We, we stated very early on that we wanted to be the world's first affordable designer label. So that, that drove us. 
And then from very early days, we would be designing clothes for Greenpeace. We, my, my favourite, when I look back on Red or Dead collections, you know, we sold the business in, in late 90s, but when I look back and we got this books written about Red or Dead and I look, I look back and I see some of the things that we did, you know, we were the first company to, to make collections in, in jail in the UK. Not we weren't in jail, but, you know, you, using prisoners. And we, so we made our workwear collection in Full Sutton Prison in, in York. In, and, and it was a workwear collection. And we, more than that as well, we, we were using uh, hemp which were, which, to, to make it, which was obviously from, you know, obviously derived from a similar plant to cannabis. And we were, t- we were doing all of those things and, and, and doing them all for a political reason. And we, we were, the, the, the tabloids hated us. You know, they were saying that some of the stories about us, we were smuggling um, yeah. cannabis on a roll into a, into a prison and they were camping outside our house. And then other collections, we, we did one collection, which was uh, where we banned any French um, buyers. 20 odd percent of our business was to France and we banned any French buyers from, our, from coming to the catwalk show or buying the collection that season because we were supporting Greenpeace and we had on our backdrop. And bear in mind that we were designers of the year. So we were on News, news at 10 or News at mm. 9, as it was then. And we had non, N-O-N, uh, which, was, which was what the Greenpeace sign that they were wrapping around the French embassy and everything because the French were doing nuclear testing in, in, in an atoll in the South Pacific. I, I remember it, yeah. And, and so, we would, so we, we would take risks like 20-odd percent of our business gone, but, but it built our reputation. And every time we did something like that, we took a stand. Our brand would go up and our sales would go up and we'd, we'd enter another market. So we knew that balance between living our values but also – making money and, from yeah and and it made you people want to talk about it. it made you remarkable people wanted to remark and i think that in that if i think about two things about your story i think that kind of edge that jeopardy was a big part of that experience but i guess another thing that you know i always associate with you with is the idea of fairness and i guess that brings us on to the new work that you're doing with hemingway design and the good business festival um in liverpool because i think that, that concept of fairness, that, that commitment to it, especially in this kind of COVID-19 era. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing this autumn in terms of the work you're doing with the city um, and, and the festival. So the Good Business Festival came out of, uh, there, was, there was this thing called the International Business Festival that took place in Liverpool. It, it, it was funded by George Osborne uh, and, and part of the early Northern Powerhouse talk. And mm. it, three festivals took place. They were relatively unimpactful I think because they didn't have a sense of purpose and a and a real vision behind them and then so we won the bid to deliver a fourth there was there was attractive money to deliver four festivals and we won we won the bid to Hemingway Design working with Culture Liverpool won the bid to de, to deliver the, the fourth one and we we did it by being completely kind of sweeping the, the International Business Festival to one side and saying look if we want to create a, a festival that was meaningful around the world, that could resonate, and that was of of the moment and, and of and of the future, it had to it had to be around purpose and values. The, the Hemingway Design brand team. So we're a multidisciplinary design agency. So we we've been doing some uh, pretty significant brand work for the likes of well Europe's largest student accommodation provider, St Modwin, and and one of Britain's largest developers. Sorry, Unite Students were the, 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 the student um, accommodation and then St. Modwin, one of Britain's largest uh, developers. And, and all of it had been around, you know, 
not talking about logos that comes at the end but talking about purpose and values and and societal benefits so we knew that that you know even FTSE 100 companies were we're all talking about this as, as you know business is a force for good the idea yeah. that you contribute yeah yeah so we thought there needed to be a world event for this there were plenty of small small events around the world mostly preaching to the converted and so we we won the bid came up with the, the good business festival we immediately got amazing traction because we we, we set out with this vision of being this um holy alliance of of everybody who is in business because everybody's on that journey but but not to just we weren't going to allow we're gonna no matter where you were on on the curve you can talk at this at this event but also i think our vision about being as exciting as south by southwest is for for the entertainment so this is austin texas yeah very yeah. Much. yeah so bringing that sort of pizzazz to liverpool yeah and but also making sure that we were as we had the brevity of of tedx that we had the the modernity of the boiler room, which you know, which brings clubs like Berghaum to, to your living room or to your bar, so that we could be cleverly digital all around the world, but have the outcomes or the supposed outcomes of something like Davos. So that you know, literally, that is ambition. That we were. Mm. It's not just an event in Liverpool. This is this it's is a, a world it's a, event. It's a good mashup as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. How, how's the virus changed your thinking? I mean, do, do you think that businesses are are behaving? I mean, obviously, it's a big generalisation, but to what degree are you seeing good, I suppose, in terms of the, the commercial response, the business response, as you look around um, in response to the virus? Well, number one, this, this, the Good Business Festival was supposed to take place for five days in October. And we, obviously, because of the virus, we've had to shift a big chunk of that into 2021, but still hold one one big day on o- October the 8th. But it's amazing, since COVID has come along, it's been so much easier to talk to big brands around the world. Mm. People realise that, that this is a this is a, a turning point. Whether you know one of the things that we'll discuss is you know how much will the world, you know will this will this be a reset? Probably not as much as a lot of people are saying in the media. But there's going to be a, a degree of reset and a, and, a de- and an acceleration. Most importantly, an acceleration of things. For example, we've been saying a lot of us have been saying for a long time that the high street high street businesses. We're never going to go back to the 80s of shop till you drop and everything had to change. Well, this, thankfully, and, and it's a difficult thing to say, but it's it's cleared the dead wood out quite. It's clearing the dead wood out quite quickly. And sometimes you mm. have to sometimes a hard pruning is is good. And and what 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 it what it will create is opportunity at the end. Human beings are amazing. You know, we've never we've never gone backwards as as human beings. We've, we, we have we'll have blips and, and you know, and we'll have natural disasters and wars and they will they will rock us back but we come back stronger and 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 i i'm a great believer that this we will come back stronger through this will be more purposeful we will we will get rid of of the old guard um who who are not moving forward and it will accelerate all of that yeah and i suppose if you're if you're lucky enough to be in employment if you or you know if you're able to sort of see yourself through this then actually you might not want to go back to the way things were but there's also going to need to be reinvention and one of the things i was just thinking about was obviously red or dead came to pass in a period of quite significant downturn recession um back in the 80s if you were to sort of advise you know you're you're if you were if you were starting again today and you're advising yourself knowing what you knew then in terms of what you might be doing today what's the lesson of recession for you in terms of how to work your way through it and what and how to come out of it successfully well i, I think that the main thing is you know 
is is to understand your own your own purpose and what your own beliefs are. We we knew we've we've always known that. We've always known that, that you know you, you you make enough money um, you, you to make to, to make your life as comfortable as you need it to, as as you need it to be, which doesn't mean that you need private jets and and big yachts and stuff like that. You build a team around you of of great of great people. You make sure that your ideas are resonate. You test them out on on people you trust, and 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 you make sure that you're all the time looking at the world and not being enclosed in your own bubble. You know, great brands they they have people who who care about what's going on outside of their. You know, if we could have just been a fashion company at Red or Dead, we didn't need to. To, to work with Greenpeace and think about the environment. We didn't need to think about retraining prisoners. Um, but but because that we were interested as people in that, I, I always believe that if you're going to have a business, it sh- it, it, the, best, it, the best business has always come out of somebody who's got passion about, mm. about what they're doing and, and they're living that passion and turning it and into a business. Passion and I think also open-minded about the world around you and yeah. the opportunities. Now, moving on, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, as we're going through this interview, I, I can't help but think about family, mainly because we can hear them in the background. In terms of you as a family person um, and, you know, how this, you know, living through a big moment of global crisis in terms of what does that do to you? What does that do to Wayne as a person, as a, as a father, a parent, a husband? How are you going through it all? What's the lessons you're learning about yourself? Well, it, it, it's difficult, really, because... You know, we're lucky enough to have a, a lovely house that we built ourselves in, in, a, in a great location. And, and a lot of the family have come back to hanker down here. How many have you got in there? I can hear them all behind us. Well, there's three, there's three grandchildren, two, two of our... They're, all our kids are grown up, so two of our kids, two of our four kids, their other halves, um, dogs. And, and they've, all, they've, all, they've all come back, um, partly because, you know, we've got one at-risk person. So we, we've had to really, um, you know, close down and, went, you know, no out-to-shops or anything like that. But, and it's difficult because in a situation like this, you know, you, you, we've got an at-risk person, one of my kids at-risk. You wouldn't know that they were ill, but they are properly at-risk. So, you know, you, 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 you bring them together to look after them. But then you've got a team of people who, who, who are your extended family who, who, you, who you work with. And then you've got things like the good business festival and all the other work we do on urban design and coastal regeneration where you care about all of these projects and you've got to get the balance right it'd be very easy to you know to go out play in the garden with the grandkids but then you're you're thinking about all the other people who rely on you and and so it, it's very hard getting that it's really hard getting that getting that balance mm-hmm. right but but family's important but also you know I'm not so narrow-minded to think that it's the only important thing. If you if you're you've got to be if you've got a business, you've got to be responsible for for a lot of other people as well. So that's the responsibility. But I, I suppose the thing I'm asking is that is there anything in you that changes when you? I mean, a lot of people are feeling like this is quite a kind of transformational event in the way that they look at life, the way that they they look at work, the way that they look at the world in which they're living in. Is there anything do you think that's changing in your own outlook as as, as living through the, the virus? I don't think I don't think we were talking about that as a family and I, and I don't think there is you know I think we've always had family values and make it making sure that you, you give because t- you can give time to your kids and works you know I, w- w- with our kids we've always we took them to 
trade shows all around the world. We took them out of school with our grandkids. You know, I'll I'll sit somebody on my knee while I'm typing and I'll explain if I'm if I'm reading the paper, if I'm reading the Guardian or something, I'll pick out pictures. And even even with a two or three year old, you can mix. If if you're, it doesn't have to be that you that you, you compartmentalize everything. And I, and I really do think that, that our family has worked because we haven't done that. We, we have realized that we're, a, that we're a family unit, but we've also got interests and we bring our family through those interests as well. Mm. And, it's, and it's worked and I think it will work with the grandkids. And, and very briefly, do you, think, do you think it's unleashed any new creativity in terms of the way that you're approaching the world and work? Well, we've all learned obviously all the obvious things like Zoom. And I think it has, loose, I think it has loosened up, you know, we, we will allow our no it's not that we allow our staff i think it's 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 allowing everybody to be a bit more free but things will go back to roughly the same but with added benefits i think i i, I can't i'm not i don't think it's going to be that that we all suddenly want to work from home four days a week and go into the office one day a week we'll we might spend an extra day working from home but it's going to be it's it's not that and it's not the shift that some people are thinking but the so, shift but the shift will be significant so it's a it's a significant shift half a leap maybe in terms of in terms of the future Wayne Hemingway, thank you very much for joining me on the change makers now i love the the uh, philosophy of Hemingway design to create to transform because i think that really is what change makers is all about and I guess if you have an eye on design for a fairer future, there was lots in that interview about the shake of things to come and perhaps even the new lyrics for the lockdown because we're looking forward to sharing that Spotify playlist with you um, to go along with this interview. And I also look forward to joining you on the next edition of The Changemakers. Join me then.